Good evening, listeners, and welcome to the Slanted Hallway. Normally, I know full well the story that shall unfold before your ears, but not tonight. This evening's offering is a first in what I feel will be a long-running series, an episode written by a guest, and in fact a personal friend of mine. As I was sitting at my favorite diner attempting to send back a half-eaten ham steak, I noticed a strange and mysterious creature sitting a little too close to me at the bar. I sent a rueful glance his way, and he sent one back to me. It was then, dear listeners, I realized he shared in my disdain for humanity. This man, a barrack butcher, doesn't seem to like people, or dealing at all with their emotions. This wondrous creature has provided for us a story that I'm sure will be filled with inhuman, otherworldly thrills. I present to you now a story he's written entitled, News from Little Lake Better Times, Part 1. Enjoy. And welcome from Little Lake Better Times. Friends, I'd like to tell you a story about this place, about the many happy hours I spent here, long before I had my own screened-off veranda to rock around in. Back then, I was just a boy. I think the year was 1934, or maybe 33. Folks now call it the Great Depression, but I remember it as the best years of my life. It was a simpler time, when people had no issue standing in line for hours just for some soup. I remember things got so bad my father had to abruptly fire our maid for going through a drawer, but I I never noticed. Yes, those were some grand times. In those harsh years, I was protected from the apparent horrors of the layman by my rich imagination, my love of writing, and the 40-acre estate of rolling hills my parents bought just outside of Cleveland. Somewhere on the far edge of those rolling hills was a little dock my father had built, a little dock that kept our smallest vessel dock that dipped its toes into the pleasant, unchanging waters of Little Lake Better Times. She was a modest sailing vessel, 35 feet, bowed astern, but in my mind it was a mighty yacht, fit for a king. But today we won't be visiting the Argo Petite. No, today we'll be talking about some times I shared with my good friend John Boy, and a few other folks from the neighborhood that my dad eminent domained playgrounds from. I would spend countless hours on about a half dozen private playgrounds, free from the horrid scent of other children. Yes, I would spend countless hours wiping them down, staring at them, and then at the end of the day, I'd go home to my room and rewrite the day's events. In my own imaginarium, I was the puppet master of the neighborhood. I'll never forget my first typewriter. 
I touched its cold metallic keys and hid in the closet for seven months. No matter, let's go to the blessed day John Boy came by and my parents forced me to play with him. Darling, let's go roll in the mud. Ain't that the way she goes? Said John Boy. Sure, I replied. Well, gosh, sure is pert near the finest mud hole on the whole acreage. Yes, I said. Alfalfa, corn sprouts, and even yellow beans come a-pouring out of her. Then old John Boy threw the biggest rock he could lift onto some goslings. Welly there, looks like you killed two birds with one stone, I said. Then we both laughed hard and drank cream sodas while sitting on some milk crates my dad brought home from the dairy foreclosure he organized. I asked old John Boy what scared him the most. Palominos, said John Boy. But you know what else I'm afeard of? Asked John Boy. What, I asked. You ain't girl shy, are you? Golly, no. I love them girls and all that. Well, then what could it be, then? Sometimes. Real late at night, like. When you was a-settin' down for to pray? Coretta, when I and I is settin' down for to pray. John Boy loved to pray and go to church. John Boy wanted to be an altar boy. John Boy often said that he thought he might one day like to be a priest. Oh, I knows I says this often, but I want to be a priest, said John Boy often. I always took note of the kind of kid who thought about maybe one day being a priest. They had a sort of different quality to them than I had. Mostly it was real poor kids. Now how it is that a poor could ever lend his hand to helping a poor is beyond me. It seems as though they would just share around their terrible business advice. But no matter. Well, what happens when you're sitting down for to pray real late at night like sometimes? Sometimes. Real late at night like when I'm sitting down to pray. Well, I sit a while and I listen to see if in the night I can hear God's voice blowing in the wind. Some answer to the question I got. Well, do you ever hear it? Oh, sometimes I think I do, said John Boy. But sometimes I know I can't, and it fears me to be so uncertain. And that there is what I wanted to talk to you all about today. So often we feel great uncertainty and no one seems to be able to give us an answer. What in the world is this? He's scared he can't hear somebody? That's his idea of horror? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. No, I've been hosting this program for over six years, and I've been in radio for over 30, and let me tell you, dear listeners, this is some of the worst content I've ever had the misfortune of having announced as being broadcast. Now, hold on. Does anyone have a manuscript or, 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 or some written version of this trash? Good, okay. Now, do we still have those actors lying around from this morning? The ones who recorded the episode about the dog with the literal heart of gold. Good, all right. Get them in here, and, and, uh, and I'll spice up this script. We'll get it nice and scary for all you out there on the other side of the slanted hallway. Yes. Yes, that, yes, that's good, that's fantastic. That's some interesting and perhaps even too bone-chillingly frightening for our regular listeners. And speaking of you, our dear listeners, I hope that tripe we opened with was as comforting as some warm milk. Because what we have for you now will be as 
uncomforting as curdled milk. And I don't mean cheese. I mean milk that you thought you'd get through, but then you didn't have that much time in the morning, so you didn't have coffee at home, and so couldn't use it. Yes, listener, that's right. You'll have to put out a near-full container of weak-old, spoiled mistake for the milkman to cart away. And you better believe everyone else on the street is going to notice. Now let's return to Barrack and John Boy, now frightfully played by Gregory Beaumont and Mr. Oliver Hassaway. Get the rest of them in here. I'm really doing the Lord's work on this one. Aretta, I'm scared of dying. Dying? Why would you be scared of that? I, well, don't you know about uh, the witch's curse, Butch? The who is what? No, the villainous witch's curse. Yeah, it says two. What says? But uh, but no, that's not real, right? Whoops. Oh, believe me, it's real. I don't believe you. Tell me again how long we've been brothers and you don't believe me. Ah, uh, you have a point, I believe you. Well, you shouldn't because I'm just joking around. There's no cursing, I'm not even really a German. <laughs> That'd be insane. A curse from a witch where if you die, you come back as a zombie and try to kill your best friend, and the last person you talk to, that'd be crazy. Uh, yes, that would certainly be an improbable thing to have happen and even harder to believe. Whoops. Let's forget all about it and go about our daily lives unchanged, huh? Certainly, huh? Can I interest you in a shaw of backy, a tobacco, a chaw of tobacco? Why, why ain't that bad for us? Oh, come on, Barrack. What are you, young and innocent? Of course I am. Well, I don't like, well, I don't like that you are young and innocent, and, and that makes me feel angry. I have conflicting feelings about how you feel because I don't like being angry because I am young and innocent. But I also don't want to lose the fact that I am an innocent boy chewing a chow baggy. Well, you have to chow it because that's the way it is. You, you look up to me because I am your older brother and I know that I can convince you to do things based on past experience. Well, okay, I'll take the chaw tobacco then. Foreshadowing. Uh, what could go wrong with this decision? We hear the voice chaw. Whoops. Hey, this is pretty swell stuff. Oh, sure is. Uh, care to walk down this uneven sidewalk full of cracks? And you got a line right there. <coughs> but John, boy, you know, I can't walk down that long uneven sidewalk of cracks. The one which passes by the factory that produces the mirrors on the first floor and the ladders on the second. The one where all the black cats uh, are used to control the rodent problem. And why not? Exposition. Uh, because, our mother, because our mutual mother, Roberta, instilled in me superstitious beliefs. Well, uh, put them to rest now, you hear? That's all the convicting I need. Convincing.
Whoops. Say, uh, oh. Say, boys, how, how's it going? Fine old wo- fine old woman! Oh. Might fine. Won't you wanna- won't, won't one of you kind boys help a feeble old lady across this stretch of road? Well, I don't know about it, uh, given my established poor moral character. I'm all for helping you for the exact opposite reasons of him. What? 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 What an interesting dynamic the, the two of you have. Very complex. Why, uh, just the two of us walking down the road makes for a good story. What with the inherent tension in our being together. Y yes, I see that. Yes, I see that! Why, if, if, if someone were to write a story about the two of you, it would be very interesting. Better than some old nothing about f farm kids. I'd even say award-winning, maybe. Perhaps. Only if it was... Only if it was in the hands of a, a man capable of writing and awarding... Awarding winning story. A genius, you mean. Exactly. Yep. We we all agree on that. Now to return to the road crossing matter. Now that we've established some kind of passing relationship. We'll do it. We... Oh. We will. Uh, John Boy whispering. Uh... There could be a reward in it, and I'm personally motivated by the possibility of money. Conflicted about. Well, I'm not, and I disagree with your reasons for doing this, so I'm conflicted about doing it now. What? What is taking so long? Uh, improvised line. Oh, improvised. Improv. Uh, oh, uh, I see. Um, what is the next uh, one? Oh, I uh, see. You improvised line. Well, that uh. Well, that's good. So, we'll do we'll do what you said, and you know, then we'll help you. Yeah. Grand. Now, now each of you take up one of my withered, wrinkled hands. Yes, yes, just like that. Are we doing good? Ve very, and asking nothing in return to boot. Whoops. All, all right, we're... All right. We're here. Well, I owe you nothing, but I will give you a thank you. And I'll return it. Uh, thank you. Give me money. Asking for things makes me angry. Oh. Asking for... Uh, asking for things makes me angry. Asking for things makes me angry. I feel angry and betrayed. Asking for things makes me angry, I feel angry and betrayed. That makes two of us who feel angry and betrayed, but for different reasons. I too also feel angry and betrayed, but for still different reasons than the two of you two. Well, I intend to act on my feelings. Uh, impossible. You're Far too haggard and old, and I assess my foes based on their physical strength. Same. 
However, I feel scared. Well, you shouldn't be... Oh. Shouldn't? Oh, I see. You shouldn't assess me physically, but you should be scared because despite my meager frame and old appearance, I'm actually a witch. Say it ain't so. The very witch we were talking about earlier. The very same. I'm gifted with great hearing as well. And you, and knew, and knew you boys to be talking about me and questioning my legitimacy as a writer. The witch. Well, what are, what, what are, well, what are you gonna do? Put the witch's curse on you, meaning that you will ultimately be the death of your best friend or the last person you talk to. Uh, isn't that you? Talk to each other. Hi, Barrick. What in the world are you doing? There you go, cursed. Now I'm off. No one talked to me. See? Now that's how you really write a story. If I didn't have to scribble out these next 20 pages, I wouldn't even be breaking it up to chat. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. John Boy bad. Barrick good. No. That won't work where my mind's headed. I'll just take this pencil. Alright, now we're on to something. I heard about this thing the French are doing called New Wave. I think I've done it better than all of them. Look at me go. I really am terrific. I was right when I said the French would never amount to anything. And I was right when I said you don't need a staff of 12 writers. But did Jack Benny listen? No, he didn't. And now look at him, dancing around on the television like a fool. It'll be the radio forever if you ask me. No way you can tell stories like mine with a screen on. Now let's return to whatever it is I left off on. And a special warning to the actors, the pages are not numbered. Uh, dead, dead, we're, we're all dead. We're all dead. Hey. We're all, uh, oh wait. Um, what is that loud rumbling noise coming from the sky? What says Greetings, below earthlings. We are the del of the delegation of Sky Mall people that have ruled the sky for several thousand years. Sky Mall people? Yes, but you may call me Susan. Uh, so is, so there's a whole society of people living up in the clouds that has never interacted with the folks down on our planet. This is a correct assessment. Butcher, a quick word. Yeah, John boy. Butcher. I think we can probably dupe these Skymol tourists out of a lot of money. Well, gee golly shucks, John boy. My nanny, my butlers, my maid, my chef, my tutor, the guy who follows me around to shade my eyes from the sun, everyone my parents have ever paid to raise me says stealing and a cheating is <coughs> wrong. Come on, Butcher, look around. Is anybody saying we shouldn't right now? No, I guess not. That's right. Now hold on to my .44 Magnum. Case things get hairy. Oh, golly. Relax, Butch. It ain't loaded. Um, remember how I shot them other goslings that scattered after I killed 
their kin with that big old rock. Ah, gosh. I do remember that. Well, I can vividly remember unloading into each one of them, goslings. One, two, three, four, six shots right in their beaks. Well, to tell you the truth, I kind of... I kind of lost track in all the excitement myself. I gots to know. Well, there's no time for that. Uh, j just pull it out if... Just pull it out if things get out of hand so we can make a getaway. You betcha, John, John boy. boy. John Boy. You betcha, John, John Boy. All right. All right, Mr. Mole King. What glorious reason do we have to be, um... Graced by your presence today. I fly in a spaceship, which is a ball. We arrived in a fleet of balls, actually. So, anyways, arriving back at your original question, I have come in my balls because... Uh, are you who? I, I believe you have parked these balls illegally on this here planet. A planet I'd like to refer to as Guy LaFranche's home planet Earth. For indeed, I am Guy LaFranche, an extremely original fleshed out character who is very much the most dangerous parking meter uh, made on the face of the Guy LaFranche's home planet Earth. Dang nabbit, in a bad habit of nuns, it's the, it's the damn Guy de LaFranche. I have a long and complicated history with the world's most dangerous meter maid. I just don't have time to get into that right now. Oh, ho, 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 no. If it isn't my mortal enemy, uh, the wily Barak Butchar, uh, last we met, you uh, parked your family's modest sailing vessel in the middle of a main street uh, without paying the meter. I will have my revenge in the form of a $50 ticket uh, that you will have to pay at City Hall. If you'd like to dispute, it, th there is a small claims court. Uh, dispute this. Eat lead, sucker. Ah! Oh, my gun and praying hand. It's completely ruined, you French tart. But how? Oh, you forget, young dumb Johnny boy, that one of my hands is a whip. How did you know my name? There is a lot you do not know, my young friend. For instance, did Butcher ever tell you, uh, uh, tell you how your father really died? Butcher, what is he talking about? John boy, that's another complicated backstory, but I simply, I don't have the interest or the patience to tell you in full, but really quick, Guy LaFranche is your father uh, corrupted by the meter maids of America. No! 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 How'd that be? Besides, all the obvious let-up and context clues, I never saw this coming. What a cruel twist of expertly written Shakespeare eye and irony. Oh shucks, no, that's not the way. He comes. 
Hey, I don't mean to break this up, but do I factor into the actions of whatever is going on here at all? No, I guess you've become quite inconsequential. Just pay this ticket and you can go. Well, all right, here's $25 and my headshot. My name is Oliver Hassaway. Available, uh, okay. Yes, well, we already know that. Please leave now, your presence. Your presence is, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, I gotta interrupt you again. So... <clears throat> well, all right, here's 25 mold dollars. And now I'll be leaving you with my headshot and contact information. My name is Oliver. Oh, yeah, yeah, we already knew that. Uh, please leave now, Mole King. Your presence is complicating this, 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 this perfectly crafted narrative. Well, all right. Really quickly, before I completely disappear, would you like to know the secret to, to eternal life? I keep it in this orb. Hey, pal. I want to be a priest someday. I can't let folks figure out how they will need to seek salvation through me. Please leave me to ponder patricide. Okay, then. Goodbye, Earthlings. It's me, the Mole King. I'm leaving now. So that's it for me, the Mole King. Bye, everybody. One would say that interaction ended quite anticlimactically. But never mind that. Behold, uh, both my hands are now whips attached to my wrists, and they both spell your damn butcher and miss on. Oh, uh, oh, now that line. Uh, dead, dead, dead. We're all dead. Dang, Gaget. Oh, dang, Gaget, butcher. Uh, what are we gonna do? It's okay, John boy. I have a trick up my sleeve. The only reason he is dangerous is, <laughs> is because we believe France is is because we believe France is a real place, but it isn't. What do you mean, butcher? I mean like I saw the France on my grandpapes home globe. Exa exactly, John boy. The only reason it exists is to help make globes and maps more appealing and cultured-like item uh, for buying. Golly whiz, you mean if we don't believe in France? Then guy is no. Then guy LaFranche is no more. Call me Greek Gecko. Call me Greek Gecko. Let's give it a W hurl. Then repeat after me out loud. France. Go home. France, France go, go home. home. France, France go, go home. France go home. We got it. Oh, oh no. I feel myself fading into oblivion once more. Uh, you have not seen the last of me, Barak Bishar. I will take it all of like better times someday. We did it, Butcher. Uh, he's really gone. And hopefully, for good. Indeed, my young ward. Uh, just imagine if we had to face off with the likes of Guy LaFranche in a different serialized adventure every week at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
9 p.m. East. That all sounds sweller than a bee sting, feller, butcher. But see now, I can hear my mama hollering for me to come home uh, and wash up for dinner. And if and I don't, I'll only have my daddy's belt to eat. Ah, phooey. There goes my best friend and brother John Boy off to have dinner with his family. Now it looks like I'm all by my innocent, vulnerable self off to continue in my spirited little adventures. Well, just look at this newspaper. Uh, what with just a few folds. And, of course, a whippersnapper's healthy imagination. I can pretend it's a non-fiction book about coppersmithing. I can sit right here on this log in my wingback chair in this forest, my big empty house, and I can imagine I'm, I'm ruminating over working sheet copper in the various forms. Mmm, yeah. Well, if it isn't Barrick Butcher pretending to read all by himself in the forest. I have a great disdain for how much smarter you are than me. And not the fact that your father fired my father from the creme factory. Oh, rats. Patrick Murphy and his cronies. Have you come here to beat me up or something? I and my friends have come to beat you up, butcher. But first we're gonna sit on you and put gross stuff on your face and junk. But why would you do such a thing? Because you're 11 and we're 12 and 13. That's why. Stupid, dirty 11 -er. Oof. Ow. I'm famous actor Gene Byron. Uh-huh, that's right, Butcher. This is what you get for being 11. I'm gonna take this big old hunk of clotted cream my dad brought home from the cream factory. He was also recently fired from. No, please, oof. No, please, oof. My, I'm wriggling as best as I can, but I cannot manage to escape from underneath you. That's right, little skim milk boy. We've all been fed heavy cream diets from birth to very recently when we haven't been able to afford the usual heavy cream. But that has nothing to do with why we're beating you up. Now, anyways, Shelly, uh, why don't you finish telling Butcher here what your plans are for that big old hunk of clotted cream? Thank you for the floor, Patrick. Anyways, yeah, I'm gonna make you... You won't be making my son do anything! Mr. Butcher! Mr. Butcher. Oh, Mr. Butcher. Dad. That's right. I've just come back from speaking with these boys' fathers down at the cream factory. They've agreed to stop their whole union hullabaloo, so I've hired them back. Son, you know what that means. If my dad's your dad's boss, that makes me your boss. That's right, son. Now get these boys to work. There's still 14 working hours before they have to be at their much, much worse further away school they have to be bussed away to because I shut down their elementary school. <laughs> Will do, Mr. Butcher. Now, boys, boys, I need you all to... All to work your little fingers to the bone. Boy, I sure do love living in an old snow globe.
Well, there you have it. A perfect script. Well, perfect once you get past that horrid opening. Not the things I said. That was phenomenal. But then there was all that, that, whatever that was. Anyway, tune in next week where we dive headlong into the story of a swim team with a dark secret. The secret is, of course, that they can't swim, but more importantly, that they're all agents of the devil working to undermine the integrity of international sport. Then, right at the climax, a brave hero swoops in to prove he can triple Salcow better than anyone. But that, of course, we'll have to wait until next week. Good night. Oh my God! I drove all the way from Sheboygan to be here. I'll tell you, I'm seeing, I'm seeing stars right now. You're telling me I drove from Muskegon. Muskegon. Oh my God! You're telling me I drove from Winnipeg. And you think it's closer, but the traffic, you know, the way the way they did 450. Oh, it's it's, a mess. You know. Mm. Well, you know what I'm saying. People always. Here's the thing about the the I-93 through Madison. Oh yeah. What do you think about it? I mean, there's one thing wrong with that. I mean. I thought this the problem guy. was that oh. was that it ended up in Madison. Oh, oh, okay. 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 This guy, this guy, this guy. We're cut up here. Okay, okay. Any other wisecracks for this bunch? No, let's go back to our show. Okay, okay. all right. Union rules. Break okay. time's over, everybody. Right. Yeah, other yeah, other ending ending things. Oh, we're rolling. Oh, oh, oh we're rolling. Okay. okay. Um.